0: Uh, today, I want to go back into our series that we started last week entitled Believing Beyond Believing Beyond looking at your circumstances and believing God To do things beyond what the natural mind Sees and we began in Ephesians chapter 3 the Apostle Paul wrote these words God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think Those words exceedingly abundantly come from one word in the original writings, and they simply mean superabundant. It means God's supernatural provision in our lives God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think so my my question this morning is if God can do that then why do we think so small and Why do we? Expect so little and ask in such small terms. Why don't we believe what God says? Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. In the original writings, it's the same basic word used there, more abundantly. It's talking about God's supernatural provision in our lives. So Jesus said, you can come to me and live a different kind of life beyond just the simple natural existence. So if Jesus promised that kind of life, and I think we should endeavor to live that kind of life and I talked about three things last week Let me just bring it back to your memory real quick. Number one. I asked a question. What do you see? When you look into your future, what do you see for yourself personally physically for your marriage? For your family for your job or your career your business as you look into your future. What do you see? I asked that question and then number two, we talked about the fact that if we're going to live this abundant life that the scriptures have promised, then we have to begin to learn to see beyond the natural circumstances. We have to begin to see through spiritual eyes so we can see what is invisible to the natural man. And we talked out about that out of 2 Corinthians 4. And then, third of all, we talked about a simple prayer that begins to change our vision. And Begin to help us understand the abundant life. It's the prayer that simply says lord. I believe help my unbelief Lord, I believe you but help me in these areas where I am struggling that was the introduction to this series today I want to jump back into it and I want to really begin with With what I started with last week, but I want to extend it a little bit number one. I want to ask the question What do you see? Looking into your future, what do you see? But let me extend it. What do you see and how does God's presence in your life influence what you see? How does God's presence impact your vision? With God in your life, do things look differently now than they did before? Because I believe He wants us to see differently. So let me, let me talk about this for a few minutes. We know what life looks like according to To the natural man according to the unregenerated man to the person who doesn't know god who's not walking with god who only walks in the natural life we know what natural life looks like life without god has amazing limitations we're finite beings we have limitations there are things we can do there are things that we cannot do so if we live our life only seeing through natural eyes then as we look to the future all we will see in our future are natural things that we can do for ourselves for our own lives our families our marriage our job career whatever it might be my vision will be impacted by my limitations if i can only see through natural eyes but jesus promised life more abundantly so let me ask you today what does it mean to you when I say to you Jesus has promised you life more abundantly? What does it mean to you? Well, let me help you with it today if I could This is a part of what I want to give to you today that I think will change your vision for your future John ten ten, where Jesus said I've come that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly Let's put it back into context. Let's look at this verse and let's see what Jesus said because in this verse There's an amazing contrast. First, Jesus says this. The thief, Satan, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? Satan comes to steal, kill, to destroy. If you're living life only through natural resources in your own ability, you are up against an enemy who can overpower you, who can steal, who can kill, and take things away from you if that's all you have is a natural outlook you are dealing with a supernatural enemy under your own strength but here's what jesus said i have come that you might have life supernatural life from god look at the contrast Over here, it's stealing, it's killing, and it's destroying. I'm trying to get through life and protect what's mine. I, I can't protect my family. I can't secure my job. I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm limited, and the enemy is fighting me. Over here, God gets involved in your life and says, let me help you fight an enemy that you cannot defeat under your own power. Let me deal with him for you. Abundant life means to begin to take in the promises of God and see life. Through the eyes of god's word so let me ask a couple questions when jesus talked about this abundant life actually he promised it when he made these promises do you believe that life on earth with jesus is no different than life without jesus i would hope not in life on earth or if life on earth with jesus is supposed to be different Then what is the difference if abundant life through jesus is different than just natural life? How is it going to be different? What is the difference? See, I believe the promise of abundant life refers to god's promised involvement in every area of my life Let me take it one step further I don't want to do one day of life without god being right in the middle of everything that goes on I want him in the middle and I want everything else revolving around him and his will and his word for my life. I want God involved. So God's promises should be influencing and shaping the way I see and the way I live every aspect of my life and it should should impact my expectations of life. I said this last week. I want to come to it before I move to point two. Friend, I'm telling you, We're going to pursue what we see we're going to pursue in the future in our lives we're going to pursue what we see and if my vision is limited to only what i see in the natural if i cannot see the power that god has promised in his word for me if i can't see it i'm not going to believe for it but if i can begin to see it i'll believe that god can get involved in every area of my life so what do you see today and how do you see god impacting that number two I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this abundant life. How does the abundant life work? How does the abundant life work? Now, I, I'm very much aware you can take the expression abundant life and superabundance. You can take that and you can run in some crazy direction if you want to. But let's stay with God's word. What does abundant life mean and how does it work? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. I want to show you some things that I think. All of you probably read before, but maybe you haven't totally taken them to heart. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4. We're going to begin to read here. Paul says, but God, who is rich in mercy. How many of you know God is rich in mercy toward us? But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses. Now stop there just a moment. God is rich in mercy because of his love, even when we were dead in trespasses. How many of you know the wages of sin is death? How many of you know before you met Jesus, before he came into your life, spiritually you were dead? You had no eternal life in you whatsoever. Spiritually you were a dead man or a dead woman. But even when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. See what happens in the new birth is we become alive spiritually as christ is alive spiritually he's made us alive together with christ and then the line here in in the parentheses is by grace you have been saved okay everybody's with me so far okay he made me alive i've experienced a new birth i have this new life in christ i'm a new creation in christ look at the next verse it doesn't start a new sentence it continues the sentence and everybody say and he raised us up together and Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus now It's important to understand He's talking about past tense. He made us See I was raised in an old-fashioned legalistic church where everybody was trying to win their salvation they're trying to live by all the rules they are trying to do everything right to make it happen And they were trying to please God even though they were knew they weren't doing it They were trying they were working their way all the way through life. Oh, I gotta work my way I gotta work my way They didn't understand grace, but let me show you something Out of that came a mentality that I was raised in That basically said well if I could just some way somehow get through this life and if I can be a good person and trust God and not sin too much and be sure and pray and ask forgiveness every night And if I can do everything just right someday I'm gonna to get to heaven and when I get to heaven I'm gonna sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and I'm gonna have God's blessings forever That's the kind of church I was raised in What I didn't know growing up is when I accepted Jesus as my Savior when he forgave me of my sins when he raised me from the dead with Christ He already made me sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I'm already sitting in God's provision. Instead of thinking about life from the standpoint of what the devil's going to do to me, I can now begin to believe what God wants to do for me. Because I'm already sitting in heavenly places. See, there's probably two or three of you in this room today saying, Well, I'll be glad when my trials are over and I can get to heaven so I can sit in heavenly places. Friend, you're already sitting in heavenly places. You just don't know it yet. Everybody smile at me. Give me a bobblehead this morning, okay? First service cheers for me. Second service only gives me bobbleheads, all right? Give me a bobblehead. Come on, give me a bobblehead. Now, go to the next verse. I want you to see this. That still, sentence keeps going. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ. So it begins when we receive Christ, he sits us in heavenly places, and then it continues forever and ever and ever throughout eternity. Next verse, verse 8: For by grace you've been saved through faith. Now it's really important that every person understands what Paul is saying here. How are we saved? by grace through faith By grace Through faith Now i'll explain that in a moment and that is not of yourselves It is the gift of god the word grace means gift the word gift means grace It's all interchangeable pretty much in the new testament now one more verse verse 9 not of works Lest anyone should boast what it's saying is you can't earn it you can't deserve it. It is a gift that god gives to us now how does the abundant life work i'm going to break it into two pieces abundant life begins by grace through faith it begins by grace through faith now i'm gonna i'm gonna illustrate this to you pastor nick come help me he did such a good job first service i'm gonna let him help me give pastor nick a hand he's the new guy Now I love this part of the sermon because pastor dick is going to represent mankind Okay, and I get to be god. This is awesome. Okay, this is about the only time in my life. I ever get to do this Let me illustrate this to you By grace we're saved through faith. What is grace? grace is god Extending a gift to mankind Grace is god saying you can't earn this you don't deserve it. You deserve to die in your sins, but because of what jesus did on the cross i've accepted his sacrifice for you so i'm extending to you forgiveness i'm extending to you eternal life i'm going to make you my child i'm going to be involved in every area of your life so would you like to be saved and be born again of the spirit god extends this grace down to man that's grace but we're saved not just by grace we're saved by grace Through faith So faith is man Looking up to God and say wow I'll take that So here we go by grace through faith By grace I, God extends it through faith man reaches up and receives it now pastor Nick stay right there Okay, I'll come back to you in just a moment that's how we come to christ he knocks on the door of our heart we say i need a savior i'm lost in my sin i believe jesus died for my sins and when we do that we are receiving god's gift and let me let me illustrate this to you from scripture romans 10 10 tells us with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation God offers this gift my heart says wow yes this is for me I believe and so faith causes me to say yes God I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior that's why in every service I always give an invitation and I pray a prayer and I ask people to pray this prayer because I want them to take what's going on their heart and express it back to God why because that's the faith that receives salvation from God now how many understand what I said this morning pretty simple isn't it Okay. Pastor Nick's going to stand there because he's representing all of mankind All of mankind's future is hanging in the balance right there. But how does the abundant life continue? That's how it begins That's how this thing we call salvation being saved. That's how it begins. How does it continue? It continues The same way That it started Now look at second peter chapter one stay right there we're going to illustrate this again. 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 2. Pastor Zach shared this a few weeks ago. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, let me ask, how many of you would like to have God's grace and peace multiplied in your life? Wouldn't that be good? That'd be cool, huh? I like, multiplic- I like addition, but I love multiplication, okay? Grace and peace be multiplied to you. A lot of people don't believe that God's grace and peace can be multiplied in their lives Why why not here's why Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God And of Jesus our Lord The reason a lot of us don't believe for more grace and more peace in different situations of life Is because we don't have the knowledge We don't know that God wants to do superabundant things in our lives. We don't know what the promises are It comes by the knowledge of God's promises now go to the next verse verse 3 As God's divine power Has given to us Okay, he's given to us Some things that pertain to life and godliness Is anybody gonna correct me See, first service corrected me y'all are way behind today, okay? His divine power has not just given us some things. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Why has he done that? Or how has he done that? Through the knowledge of him who's called us. How do these blessings come? How does this power come? Through knowledge and understanding of what God's promised to us. If we don't know what God's promised, we're not going to believe for what he's promised. Now one more verse verse number four By which have been given to us there it is again given to us exceedingly great and precious promises That through these promises you may be a partaker Of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust now Let me illustrate this one more time. How does the abundant life begin by grace faith how does it continue in every situation and season of life God has made promises to bring his provision our way everything pertaining to life and godliness he's already provided so what does he do he makes promises and here's what he does he extends it to us in grace but we have to receive it in faith now Nick, if I'm going to offer to you forgiveness of your sins, wipe it away, wash away, forget about it forever, promise you that I'll be with you the rest of your life, and I'm going to give you eternal life, and I extend this to you, what are you going to do? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. That's faith. The problem is we pass that point in life, and then we stop finding out. We stop gaining knowledge of what else God has for us because everything else God's going to do is going to come through His promises where he extends grace and we reach up and receive it by faith give, give pastor nick a good hand okay? thank you nick grace is god reaching down to us giving us promises offering something we don't deserve and can't earn and faith is me reaching up to god receiving the promises that god is offering that's how i begin to walk out daily This abundant life and you know i gotta tell you i'm honestly confused honestly i'm confused when people believe god for the promise of salvation but they don't believe god for the other promises that accompany salvation i don't understand that now let me illustrate it to you the best way i know how this is the the best illustration i could think of a couple of years ago three years ago whenever it was ann and i went on vacation to the southern part of Mexico, and we went to what is called an all-inclusive resort. Anybody ever done an all-inclusive resort? Okay, it was cool. We looked online, we kept shopping for the best deal, finally found something that fit us, booked our tickets, went down there. You, you come from the airport and you're in this uh, uh, little bus, this little van, they get you on the grounds, you pull on the grounds through the gate, and it's beautiful. Everything is manicured. The landscaping looks so nice. You pull up to the main building and under the carport, and the building is beautiful. And it's, wow, this is cool. You get out, and people greet you, and they carry your bags. And they say, man, welcome, welcome. This is all-inclusive. You go inside the lobby, and it's beautiful. I mean, you're walking on marble and all this stuff. And like, man, I can't believe we got this for this price. This is cool, you know. Walking around, checking it out. We get all checked in. You go out back, and you look out the back windows, and there is the ocean with the beach and the pool and little restaurants and all kinds of cool stuff going on, musicians playing. It's like, wow, this is really a cool place. And when we checked in, it was in the evening, we checked in, they said, okay, it's already evening, you're past dinner time, but here's the deal, Uh, if you get hungry or if you didn't get to eat yet, just call room service, and they'll bring it up to you. So my question is, well, how much does room service cost? Their answer? Nothing. It's it's, it's all included. It's all included. Three meals a day. They've got like seven restaurants. You can pick whichever one you want to go to. All kinds of different kinds of food. It's all included in the one price. You can go down to the pool and swim. No charge for using the pool. No charge for laying under the cabana. No charge. You can go down to the beach and hang out and do water sports. No charge. It's all included. Everything came with one price. You know, can you imagine if we'd gotten there and said, well, we got here, and this is a pretty nice carport. I think I'm just going to lay here and sleep under this carport because this is what I paid for. Can you imagine that? It would be a little silly, wouldn't it? Can you imagine if I didn't take advantage of that beautiful room where it looked out, the balcony looks out over the ocean? Would it not have been crazy for me to take advantage of that? Wouldn't it have been crazy if I'd come home a week later and people say, man, you're so thin. Yeah, I haven't eaten for a week. Why not? Because I was at this all-inclusive resort and I couldn't eat. You want something to drink? Man, you just tell one of the waiters. They go, your wish is their command. But here's the thing. There are a lot of people who go through life, they get saved, they go to the resort, they sleep under the carport, they never eat at the table, they never enjoy the amenities, they never enjoy the rest, they never enjoy the peace, they never relax, they never enjoy the blessings because they don't know that it's all included in the price of salvation. They don't know it. You know, you gotta realize, I'm the skeptic, okay? I'm the skeptic. Everything you offer me, I want to know how much does it cost. First time I went there, I'm like, okay, what's this? No, it's free. What about this? It's free. It's free. On and on. Over. It's, it, it's all inclusive. But it's amazing how many people go through life with God, and all they know is I got saved, my sins have been forgiven, and someday I'm going to get to go to heaven, I think i hope i'm going there and if i can just get through and live through this natural life someday i'll get there friend let me tell you something we are seated in heavenly places there is an all-inclusive package that's available to us but if we don't read the fine print we don't know what he's promised Amen. why wouldn't you enjoy the benefits now number three How do I live out this abundant life? Now, I'm going to say it one more time. I I said it first service. I may have said it already in this message. I know there are people who run to the far extremes and come up with some crazy stuff. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to have a 20,000 square foot on top of the hill up in Duluth overlooking the city. And I'm going to have four Rolls Royces and a new mid-engine Corvette. I'll take the mid-engine Corvette. You can have the house, okay? But we're all working on this. I know some people get crazy. I realize that. But I want you to listen to me A lot of us are seated in heavenly places and we don't even know it's been provided for us already And we're trying to figure out how do I do this and how do I do that? How do I do all this in my own strength when we know we can't do it friend? It's time for us to learn the promises of god and believe him to do what he said he would do for us So how do I begin to live this abundant life? Romans chapter 10. This is the last verse. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 10 verse 16 but they have not all obeyed the gospel Now we're jumping in the middle of a a statement paul's making. So let me set it up Paul's talking about the jewish people the jewish nation who rejected christ He says they have not all obeyed The gospel which means the good news god's report They've not believed it. They've not obeyed it for isaiah says lord who Has believed our report now stay with me Paul says Israel as a whole has not believed the message from God and then he quotes Isaiah where God asked the question who has believed our report and look at verse 17 the next verse so then faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God now let me let me walk you through this because this is the last point i'm going to make today number three how do we live out this abundant life daily how do we enjoy god being involved in every area of our life god has given us what these scriptures called a report god says who's believed my report god's given us a message god's given us good news But he asked the question who has believed it now let me spend just a minute with this because i want you to catch this the word here for report means something that's been heard what has been heard so the question paul asks is there are people who have not believed so who has believed what they've heard from god but he's also quoting from Isaiah 53. And if you've been walking with God a long time, you know Isaiah 53. He's wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes were healed. The first part, the very first part of Isaiah 53, the question is asked, who has believed our report? The word report there means an announcement. Put those two together. Who has believed the announcement God made? What you heard God say, who has believed it? Notice the all-important question. Who has believed what God has said? Here's the deal. Evidently, you can hear God's Word. You can hear the announcement. You can believe it and receive it. Or you can ignore it. You can doubt it. You can reject it. And throw it aside and say no Israel did Evidently Anyone can do that. What do you do with what God says you can receive it embrace it or you can reject it? remember when Joshua was or or i'm sorry when moses was about to send the 12 spies into the land to spy out the land And moses sends them in and says, okay, just go spy out the land and come back tell us what's the land like god's given it to us tell us what it's like the 12 spies come back and 10 of the 12 say oh man there's giants in the land we can't defeat them they've got great walled cities we can't overtake that i mean there's all kinds of cool stuff there milk and honey flows in the land i mean it's amazing what's there but we can't take it god didn't ask for their opinion they simply sent them in and said come back and tell us what the land is like But they came back with this opinion and here's what scripture says scripture says it was called a bad report and then the next verse calls it an evil report it was a report that according to the original writings it began to corrupt and decay people's faith because they heard people saying the opposite of what god was saying so god called it a bad report or an evil report so let me ask you a question today what do you do when you hear the promises of God? Do you believe them? Do you receive them? Do you embrace them? Or do you do something else? The abundant life we're talking about in Scripture, number one, is believed, and number two, it's received by faith. The same way we receive salvation, it's the same process over and over and over again the rest of our lives promise to promise to promise, situation to situation to situation what does god say about my future now i know that the common thought among a lot of christians i'm not picking on anybody but the common thought is well if god wants to bless me god will bless me and if he doesn't he doesn't i have no part in that god's going to do what god's going to do but when you begin to dig into scriptures talking about prayer it talks about believing and receiving and we'll get to that later in this series whenever you see the word receive in the new testament when it talks about receiving from god this isn't the posture of reception when it says you will receive it's not talking about this receive isn't even talking about this receive is talking about this god extends grace in the form of a promise just the way it was with salvation, God extends grace, our faith causes us to reach up and take what God is offering. See, a lot of people never get a grip on this. Receiving from God is an action word. It literally means to take. Go home and check it out in your own concordance. In the original writings, the word receive means to reach up and take what's been offered to you. So in other words, in every situation of life, God has made promises. You can believe them and reach up and take them, or you can throw them aside and say, well, I'll just go over here and deal with my natural ability with the one who steals, kills, and destroys, and whatever happens, happens. If you want to live that life with the devil, you can, but you don't have to settle for that because you can go to God and learn to live by faith, accept his promises, and let God get involved in any and every situation of your life because that's his nature and that's his word. That's his word. (laughs) Receive is not a passive word. It's an active word. And you know, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion of this message. So I want you to hang on for a couple more thoughts real quick. If I'm going to have faith, real true God faith, if I'm going to have faith, there has to be a basis for my faith. I have to have something to attach my faith to that's why god gave us promises so we would have something to attach our faith to and something to believe god for i'm believing god for what for what he said he would do in my life i'm believing god for that and you know god's kingdom i want you to picture this God's kingdom has a currency. United States has dollars. Anybody got a dollar on you today? Or is it just a debit card? You got dollars in the bank, okay? Anybody got a five or a ten or a twenty or a fifty or a hundred? That's the currency of the United States. God's kingdom has a currency. And it's not dollars and cents and i know it takes dollars and cents to do the work of the gospel set that aside for a minute the kingdom of god the unseen realm of god's working it has a currency god's currency in his kingdom are his promises i have a need what does god do he gives you a promise but it is faith that takes promise to the bank and cashes it let that sink in a minute God's promises are the currency of the kingdom but it's faith that takes the currency the check to the bank and cashes the check let me illustrate this to you years ago I heard a story true story I, I mean it was many years ago there was a man who lived in one of the Caribbean islands in a very impoverished area his father died when he was young his mother raised him and two or three other kids in just absolute poverty she worked day and night to raise those kids and they had nothing he had an opportunity when he finished school to come to the united states and he came to the u.s left his mother behind and said mom when i get there i'm gonna get a job and when i get a job i'm gonna start sending you money every single month i'm gonna help take care of you for the rest of your life He went off and every month she would get a letter from her son every single month like clockwork she'd get a letter several years passed she was living in poverty and an old friend that she had known since childhood came to visit her because they were getting up in years and they wanted to see each other once again this old friend came to visit her and asked about her oldest son and she said oh he's done well he's gone to america He has a job he has a home he has a family but i've never got to see them again well has he helped you at all no i get a letter from him every month but he's never given me any help has he ever sent you money never no money whatsoever he promised he would take care of me but he's never done anything to take care of me and i live in this shack and i'm getting old and i can't take care of myself and i don't know what i'm going to do but every month he sends me a letter And he sends me these pretty little postcards. And I've saved every one of them because I'm so proud that he's done well with himself. And the friend said, could could you show me those postcards? She said, sure. She took her back into the back of the house, opened this little door into this small bedroom. And that entire wall of the entire room, every wall was wallpapered with checks that came from her son. Every month he'd sent her money. But she didn't know what it was and she didn't know what to do with it. She thought it was a pretty postcard. She couldn't read the writing on the check, had no idea. And she used it for wallpaper to remember her son. She never cashed the check. It's amazing how many of us go through life and we don't understand how many checks God has written us. How many promises he's made and he's waiting for us to take them to the bank cash those checks we're not being silly we're not being frivolous we're talking about the promises of God they are yes and amen forever they're settled in heaven God wants us he's he's offered them in grace he wants us to reach up in faith and take those promises the young man my life Absolutely changed and was transformed. I was a young preacher just starting out in the ministry. My life was changed when I began to read and learn and embrace the promises of God for myself. When they became mine and I believed God had written them for me, it began to change my life. And I moved from a place of being over here in the natural, over here where God was involved in everything going on in my life. It's because I believed what God said. I believe the promises he made the last verse we just read and here's here's my last thought the last verse we just read said faith comes by hearing the Word of God faith comes from hearing the announcement faith comes from hearing what God has said faith comes when we hear did you know when you read the Word of God when you hear the Word of God when it's when it's spoken out among us did you know when you hear the Word of God in the DNA of God's Word faith is in there That when you hear it, all of a sudden something jumps supernaturally inside of you? That's how faith works. Faith works by hearing the Word of God. But when I hear the promise of God, I have to respond to it with that faith and reach up and receive it. I told you my life was changed as a young man, and I've lived my whole life this way. My life changed. And I'll be honest, I was a young preacher, I was learning God's Word, I didn't know it very well. I knew four verses, and most of them were legalism. I knew, you know, without holiness you will not see God, that kind of stuff. I knew like four verses, but when I began to dig into God's Word, I was overwhelmed at first. You know what I did? I bought a little book. We've got some in our coffee shop still. I bought a little book called God's Promises for Your Every Need. And I began to acquaint myself with the promises of God. I began to read them. I began to quote them. I begin to say them over and over again. I begin to listen to what God was saying. I begin to say, God, I believe, help my unbelief, help me to grasp this. And faith began to grow and grow and grow. And I can tell you, I've got forty-some years now of miracles behind me, and I've got more miracles to come. Why? Because God's involved in every area of my life. It's not what I've deserved, it's what God has offered. And what he wants us to receive by faith i want to encourage you today if you don't know the word of god if you don't have knowledge learn the promises god's made to you the things that come in the all-inclusive package of salvation start believing god to get involved in your life ask you to bow your heads today if you would i want to pray two prayers first of all i want to pray for every person who's heard this today father I ask today that you would begin to open up our eyes. God, when we talk about reading your word and learning your word and knowing your word, we're not talking about discipline. We're talking about delight. We're talking about learning what you've promised to us. Getting into the fine print to know everything that goes with the package. Father, I pray right now that you would challenge and encourage every person in this room. To open up your word to get some kind of a a helping tool to help them know the promises of god help them learn the promises begin to believe you to fulfill those promises in their lives god i pray today you begin to change our vision help us see what you see help us see what you've promised and not just what we can provide for ourselves help our vision to change based on your word and your promises in every heart in every life father let us see what you see and help us to believe while heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed Quoted the verses earlier you believe in your heart you confess with your mouth the lordship of christ and through that we walk into salvation maybe you're here today maybe you heard me talk about that and you realize you know i've never opened my heart to god i've never received jesus as my lord and savior I've never opened my heart. Let him begin to change me from the inside I don't know God. I'm not in a relationship. The reason I read those verses, and the reason we do this every service, every Sunday morning, is we want to give you a chance to respond to God's grace. God put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins. But that payment means nothing unless you reach up and receive it. God extends the gift of grace, but you have to say, Yes, God, I want this gift. I want to be forgiven and I want eternal life. I want to know you. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now. It'll help everybody in this room. Open your heart to God with these words So Everybody here pray this right out loud say God I need you And I open my heart to you Please come in Change every part of my life. I Believe Jesus died for my sins I Accept him Full payment for my sins I ask for your forgiveness today and i ask that you would teach me your ways i want to learn your word i want to know you come be the lord of my life from this day forward i will follow you i will be your child you'll be my father in jesus name i pray amen Now if you prayed that prayer today, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning That's the first step into the abundant life that God wants to bring your way I've got a little tool a little booklet called the next seven days It's really simple reading It'll help you understand how much God wants to begin to get involved in your life and how you start building a relationship with him I want to give this to you when service is over there are two ways you can get it number one There'll be prayer teams here at the front of the building just come forward to one of these teams they're just everyday people like you and me most of it's married couples they're just people here who just want to encourage you. If, you if you want prayer for something if you've got questions they'll answer your questions they'll pray with you if you just want to get the booklet and go that's fine we want to help you get started building your relationship with god now if you're in a really big rush and you've got to catch the football game uh in, in 20 minutes if you're in a really big rush before you leave the lobby the middle of the glass doors before you exit there's a counter set up there with the big sign there big screen Talks about beginning your walk with God you can stop by there ask for the booklet it's called the next seven days if you can't remember the name they'll know it just ask for the booklet they'll give it to you there we want to help you get started walking with God we love you we appreciate you so very much can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family God bless you